Society has many different definitions of what it means to be a man, most of which contradict one another. What if there was a man who redefined all of that? What if there's a book that details that definition in action and words? Jesus came so we may have life and have it to the full, not living our own defined way, but the way we were created to be. The Bible is God's holy word, showing and telling us what it looks like to truly live our purpose. So join us, Hunter Petty John and Richard Overman, two unqualified but called guys, as we seek how Jesus came to amend this issue and become true men of God, like Paul describes in 1 Timothy 6.11. Jesus came to amend the fall of men. Amen. Man, like our story is similar, right? Yeah. Like I don't want to say word for word or, or exactly the same, but man, it's, there's a lot of similarities in it. Yeah. Um, upbringing probably a little different. Um, I was, uh, he grew up, um, I had an older brother, one yeah. of two, right? Just, just me and my brother. We grew up, um, we're about six years different. Um, so I was the little, little brother. I got away with a whole <laughs> lot more and, and, uh, and, uh, yeah, so we grew up, I grew up in a trailer park until um, probably about 11 years old. So growing up in that, you know, I didn't really care as much, right? Because I think my mom did a really good job of instilling in us, um, you know, some good values, right, in terms of that. Um, but I knew I didn't, we didn't have a lot, right? Like when we, a lot of times I remember for Christmas, we would get socks and underwear and, yep. uh, and jeans for Christmas, right? Like stuff we needed, we had holes in our socks, we'd get socks, but it would be a Christmas present. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and at first when you're a kid, you're excited, you don't care right. uh, until you like start going to school and, and, and realize your friends are getting, you know, at that time, Sega Genesis and, right. and, and, and video games and new, new shoes and all kinds of stuff. And you're like, oh, like that's not normal, right? <laughs> and so like, I think that just starts growing in you that, that um, things are different for you. Um, we didn't grow up in church like you guys, right? So I grew up with the knowledge of Jesus. Um, so I don't want to say like I grew up with no background. Um, we, we, were, we were bookend Christians, right? Okay. I guess you could say we weren't even Christians, but we were, we were bookend religious family. We went for Christmas on Christmas Day or Christmas Eve, and then we went for Easter. Mm-hmm. So I always say, like, I know how Jesus was born, and I know how he died, right? Like, that's how I grew up with wow. that. That's it. I didn't know his ministry. I didn't know anything. I didn't know anything out of the Bible other than, like, your big stories, you know, his ark and Jonah and the whale. And I knew those when, when you know, we'd go, and I, especially when I was little on Christmas and stuff, I'd go to, um, I'd go into the kids' church, right, and learn, the, right. learn that stuff. So yeah, so we'd go to church every now and then. So I don't want to say there was never that background, but very we didn't talk about it. Um, we didn't read the Bible unless again it was Christmas or Easter. Um, there wasn't any deep theology conversations or just really knowing who Jesus was, what he did, why he died. Right, like no clue at that point. I had no idea about salvation. You know why Jesus, you know, came, lived, and died. Um, the resurrection. Really knew nothing about it other than yeah. just what happened. Right, the the, the hist- historical facts. I guess right. you could say. Um, you know, so that was a lot of my, my childhood, um, you know, friends really didn't talk about it, obviously, um, in school, it really wasn't the thing you're talking about with your guy friends or you're, you're out playing tag and yeah. Ford and sports and all kinds of stuff. Um, and, you know, and my parents weren't like, they weren't bad examples or bad people. Um, you know, I always say to my dad, like my mom was a really great mom. My dad, um, I would just say he's not a bad guy. He wasn't, he just wasn't a good dad, right? Like we talk about all the time. We feel, we felt from a very young age, like we were born to be a dad, right? Like right. it was just this instinctual thing of like, where it's excited when you even get in that, that place. I love, you know, being in, in kids church as, you know, as an adult and be able to like pour into these kids and like, I can't wait 
you know, tell what's my own, right? To right. really show that terrifying, but I'm still <laughs> super excited, right? Yeah. Um, but you know, my dad just didn't have that. Like yeah. he just was not, it just wasn't, I don't, I don't want to say people, it's in people's DNA. It's just like he never, and, and a part of it was his upbringing. Like I know a lot of, of his story and part of it was that, part of it was the day and age he grew up in, right? Like, you know, growing up in the 60s and 70s and the, you know, that's where a lot of, you know, even earlier and earlier it kept passing down. That's where a lot of the man up, rubaderna, yeah. don't cry came from. So it was just instilled in them and, and uh, very selfish, right, in his own way. And uh, he worked hard, right? So he showed me work ethic and he showed me some, you know, the good things I got out of it, being a dad. It's one of those things like the opposite. I learned the opposite of, of what I want to be as a dad, um, which again, I'm thankful that God's blessed me with that ability to see that, right? Because some people right. will just replicate that. And um, yeah, so uh, the one thing my parents, you, you brought it up, man, is man, they would have some screaming matches. I mean, just earthquake, you know, 4.0 in the Richter scale type screaming matches. And as a kid, I had no clue what to do with it. I got lucky in a sense that, unlike you, I was on the younger end of it. Yeah. And I had, my brother was you, right? In the sense of he took most of it, right? He yeah. took a lot of the brunt and he was the one that would shelter me, pull me over, we try to like get lost in video games, get lost in TV, go outside and play, um, get lost in those things. Cause most of the time it wasn't about us, right? It wasn't like at us, it was them. And we lived in a trailer, man, you can't get away from that. Like right. you're not going in your room and shutting the door and you drowning it out. Like literally they, my, my parents' room was here, my room was here, my brother's room was here. It's probably a total of, you know, it was 800 square feet in this trailer and it's yeah. like long, right? Like you're not getting away. No. Right. And thin walls. Right. There's nothing, no sound, you know, sounds penetrating like crazy. So, um, you know, there was a lot of that. And, 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 you know, growing up and as a kid, you just don't know, even though it's not at you, it's still like you're in the middle of it. Yeah. And, and so like just a lot of, you know, not really understanding what that is. But then I had my brother there do started getting into school um, and trying to find who I was right as a kid you know I, I from an early on age I loved theater right I loved acting um, being in that I remember writing my own plays right like just writing my own scripts we're gonna be doing those right yeah yes, like we are. anybody who Absolutely. watches Let's do it. we're gonna we're gonna yeah. do one act plays yeah. no 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 we're no just, no I, it's funny, like, I'm not scared ahead, but like, my, my, my wife now, like, just that's who she is, man. She, yeah. she loves that stuff, and like, we, we, that's what we do all the time. But, um, you know, I, I, I didn't really fit in because my friends were, were sports. My dad pushed me into sports because he was, you know, the Uncle Rico type if he could throw a football over the mountain <laughs> and he wanted to live through me and wanted yeah. me to play sports. Um, so I got into sports. I like sports, don't get me wrong. I love yeah. playing basketball, I love playing football. Football has some, I have so fond memories of my time playing football. Uh, I played baseball. Um, not really soccer as much. Yeah, I played like uh, one We're season when I was like six. You know, We're in was America. it wasn't my you know wasn't my I wasn't a fan. Um, <laughs> yeah, man. So so growing up, um, you know, going through you know what we had was intermediate school, fourth, fifth, sixth grade. Mm -hmm. um, you know, started you know obviously having an attraction to to girls in a sense, but more crushes, right? Like you know, watching, you know, thinking back to watching Boy Meets World and having a crush on Topanga. Oh, it was like I had a crush on words. Topanga, right? right. Like. Um, me too, man. You know, me and you, me and you Saved by the Bell had a crush on Kelly Kapowski. It's like, you know, a kid probably in that range didn't, right? They get crushes right. on him. So it was that, that crush not, not, didn't really turn sexual at that, at that time. Uh, and then I remember in sixth grade, man, I was in the bathroom and my friend Cody, um, I don't remember how it said it, but I remember in the bathroom, he's like, oh man, 
I have to show you this. And I was like, yeah, what? And he like pulls out of his pocket and he, it's a folded up, like you tell it was magazine, it was that shiny mm -hmm. paper and he unfolds it and it's a centerfold picture, just just fully nude woman, right? Like, yeah. um, so the centerfold of Playboy, it was the first time I'd have been introduced to anything sexual, right? Wow. And, and, and you, you want to talk about brain overload, right? Especially yeah. as, as, you know, as a kid, I was probably 10 or 11, right? Like, mm -hmm. um, and just not knowing what to do with it. And I don't think that completely just like changed who I was um, at that point, but it definitely was in my head. It was yeah. definitely planted the seed of, of, you know, now I started looking at girls a little differently, right? Now mm -hmm. it's like, I wanted to like, you know, kiss them. And I really started having these, and I was also at that age of like a puberty, right? Starting right, right, right at the forefront of it. And I remember, man, my, my dad uh, did like cable, like he liked, like phone cable. So he would, he would be the guys that would dig and, and lay cable and stuff like that. And he had a friend who did, um, who did like uh, TV cable and stuff like that. So yeah. he had him come and gave us free cable um, on his own. My mom wasn't a huge fan of that, right? Cause yeah. my mom and dad were very, my, my mom was very moralistic. She was the legalistic, moralistic person, not Bible, but like that way it was like, you shouldn't do these things cause they're just not right. And that's, right. I'm glad I had that, right? Cause at right. least I had that piece of like, yeah, that's, that's not right, right? Like I knew if I, as a kid, if I wanted to go watch, like, you know, as a teenager, if I wanted to go watch a rated R movie, you know, I'd go ask my dad. Right. I remember right. going to watch Terminator, right? Like, okay. and, and we lived across the street from the, from the movie theater and I watched Terminator and I came back and my mom's like, where were you? And I'm like, I went and watched Terminator. And she's like, what? Isn't that radar? I was like, yeah, dad said I could go. <laughs> oh man, you're talking about yelling match. That oh man. Set it off. Um, but anyway, so I got introduced to, to, to porn, right? Like we, right. like you said earlier, like it is, right? Yeah. It's pornography and, and it's the seed. Next year, seventh grade, parents get divorced halfway through seventh grade, we move. Uh, or we had just moved into a house, right? So like, you know, at this point, like we're rich, right? Yeah. You know, that's how I feel. Yeah, Trailer sure. parked to the house. And, and just where we were, our neighborhood was amazing. I had my friends live there. Um, it, it was amazing. Um, but that, when, when we had that cable, I was up late at night watching TV, flipping through the flip cable channels, and I come across Cinemax. Right. Late night Cinemax after, after you know, 11 o'clock. Um, and or you know growing up it was called skinamax right, right. And, and i didn't realize why until until then and you know first time i've ever seen softcore pornography right yeah. like um, or i mean just we'll just call it pornography yeah. but yeah. It, it, you know so i don't want to put them in these buckets because it it's all fits in that same bucket and man it was just mind-blowing right yeah. oh, that was the first time i've seen i'd seen a video in that sense and uh my whole everything i was 12 years old at that time and i'm like just change, right? Now I would, I would make, I would come, I'd go to sleep or go in my room. I'd wait till everyone to sleep. I'd come in and I would turn it on, turn the sound off, and watch it, right? And just yeah. started watching it and just absorbing it, man. I had never been talked to about sex at this point in my life. My parents had never had that talk with me. Um, I didn't really know um, what that looked like, and that forever. Well, I don't say forever. That at that point started the tra trajectory of my how I thought about women. Um, yep. how I viewed women, um, they now became sexual objects in a sense, right? Like, and I don't want to say like, there was no care, right? Like I, I loved women, I loved, especially my friends, right? Like, but like I to totally for whatever I wanted, that was now the trajectory that it would lead to me, you know, later on. So, yeah. you know, totally wrong mindset. Um, and then on top of that, going through high school, middle school, high school, like I never really fit anywhere, right? Cause I was kind yeah. of this theater nerd internally and I did that in middle school and early high school. Um, but then like, I was also a jock. I loved sports, right? Especially I didn't get to play football until I was like middle school. My mom wouldn't let me play peewee football because I'd get hurt, right? right. Um, and, and she was right. 
Yeah. Three days into the first time I played football, I broke my wrist. Oh wow. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So mom, mom was right. Of course, you know. Mother's intuition. I go, I go home. Mom's like, see, <laughs> this is why we didn't let him play football, right? right. But I got to keep playing, and uh, and thankfully, because again, uh, they were great years. I had some really good coaches. I had some really bad coaches too, <laughs> but I had some really good coaches that really pushed me and, and just taught me a lot. Um, but yeah, man, I never really fit. I was, I was, I was smart, right? So I was this person who could, you know, I was. Um, and honors classes from like you know middle school on, um, so I was intelligent. Um, mm. I loved theater. I loved being myself. I loved sports. I loved writing poetry. Right, I like get still something I do you know now and then. And it was this thing of like I never really fit because I was too too jockey to be a nerd or a theater. Right, I was too nerdy or theater to be a jock. Right, like right. and I never really fit. I was kind of like sold all this baby weight. So like you know never really you know from from my looks I was just kind of this like still looked really young right in high school um, like kind of a little kid and you know I found some friends and we we got along really well but then same thing I was lying I was kind of using them in a lot of ways right like at that time I would say that but like obviously my actions spoke differently um, yeah man I had a girlfriend through most of high school and yeah. we were it was probably like up until my marriage um, um, the only relationship I was ever faithful in right but I also think it was because I was never tempted Right, and, be, and just being honest, like I think it was just because I was this weird, nerdy kid with a bunch of baby fat still on his face, and like you know, not the I wasn't the best jock, and I wasn't this. So it was like, um, yeah. So I think honestly, I think if I'd been tempted, yeah, I don't know how that would have gone. So so when when you said that your friend introduced you to to, to pornography by showing you mm-hmm. that centerfold, um, you know, and then and then that 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 kind of started you down the the path of like looking at porn and. And all of that. Um, were you were you ever the type of person to like kind of do the same thing as your friend to like bring other people into it and and show? No, man. Talk about secrecy. Secrecy. One hundred percent secrecy. It was. So we're a lot of we're a lot of like in that yeah. in that area as well. Yeah, and and it was one of the things again. I didn't grow up and I was never told and, and never grew up in church and say like this was wrong or where this was bad. Um, I mean, I kind of knew it was bad because honestly, I remember we, we, you know, growing up, even I'd watch movies with my mom. And then when I got a little older, like I was 10, 11 maybe, mm-hmm. we'd watch, you know, the one movie I remember, I don't know why I remember this movie, was Doc Hollywood with Michael J. Fox. <laughs> and there's yeah. one scene and there's, the movie's like great for kids, but there's right. one scene where this girl walks out of the water and she's completely naked. And my mom would just like grab my eyes and cover them. <laughs> so I had that morality sense of like, that's right. not right, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but it was also started turning into this, like a lot of parents unfortunately do, not intentionally, but it's like turns into sex is bad. You know, yeah. sex is this dirty, evil, bad thing. Um, just in general, we don't, we don't really have that conversation of like what, why God made it, mm-hmm. why God made our bodies, and where is that really meant to be? And, and really it's a, you know, an amazing thing. It's just, you know, so I, I hit it. I don't want anybody to know, right? Like right. Th- this thing, because it's dirty. It's wrong. I shouldn't be doing this. Um, that so was right my off, only thing to go from. Right. Yeah. So right off the bat, you were like, man, I see this. I like it, but I need to keep it to myself because this is not. Yeah. I mean, I was getting up at night yeah. with the volume down yeah. and like I had backup plans, man. I was smart. I was a smart kid. Like right. I knew like if, if my parent, my mom were to walk in here, I knew how to flip the channel. I knew how to explain what I was doing. I knew how to like. I did. I was yeah. extremely conniving. I was very cunning, right? The Bible uses cunning a lot, and I'm like, yeah, man, I was cunning. Yeah. Like I was. I was not only was I. I mean, manipulative. I was smart, right? Yeah. Like, and I, and which would lead in other things. And and you want to talk about like, you, you get caught. You just my mind would go to like, how do I not get caught? Yeah. Not how do I not do this? 
how do I do this better? Yeah. Right? Like, how do I get, you know, be better at this? So going to college, um, uh, you know, all the baby fat fell off. I was in the best shape from, from playing football and, and track and everything that year of my life. My whole looks changed. Um, I broke, me and my girlfriend broke up. I broke up with her actually, cause I'm like, I'm going to college and, um, I just want to go do my own thing and, right. and, and not, you know, it wasn't this fairy tale high school love and, and she was an amazing person, right? It was nothing about her. It was all my own, my selfish desires that I wanted, right? Um, yeah, so I went there. I became just the typical frat boy. I, mean, I moved in with one of my friends I'd known since two years old. He was actually the quarterback of the high school of football for two years or for our entire college, or high school, and I was the center. So yep. he, that's how close we were, man. He put yeah. his hands on my butt. Um, and, Is that what and we're gonna? Doing. Probably not. I don't we think that's a pre. We haven't done that. It's not a prerequisite to oh, okay. be friends. Right. Um, and and so we that's went out fine. and uh, man, we we were. He was a great friend, man. In that moment, like right. we we loved partying. We 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 created this great group of friends and like, but we would. It was like four or five nights a week. And I'm not talking about just four or five nights a week hanging out. I'm talking about four or five nights a week blackout drunk. Yeah. Um, and back then, drinking wasn't just a like casual drink and social drink. It was like how quickly can I get drunk? How quickly can I just feel that like that that buzz, right? Like, and and, and unfortunately, I think I mean a lot of people do that in college, and it's so you kind of justify it because it's normal, and you go to frat parties, and everybody's, you know, doing keg stands and drinking, and it's yeah. just normal in that in that in, in my in my world, right? Um, and so yeah, man, partying, women, um, just you know, finding girls to, to flirt with, to to hook up with, um, but I still always had this moral ground of like. I didn't just always want to have these one night stands, right? Like I almost wanted to just know they were, they were, they liked me. Right. And then like, I would still do it every now and then, but most of the time I wouldn't. Right. I would just, and that was where I justified like what I'm doing isn't really bad. Right. Um, because I'm not going that far. Right. Like, um, so yeah, man, I always just had, that was my line. Right. I I didn't really draw a line in the sand, but it was like, cause I would cross it a lot. Right. I would cross, there's times I would cross it. Um, but yeah, so, but I always felt like, I felt empty, man. I just, mm. you know, I mean, I, that feeling anybody has, it's like, kind of like what you said, where, where those magazines became not enough, right? Like, cause it does not feeling anything. It's, right. it's filling it for that. So I always felt empty. I didn't know why. Um, me and my best friend had a falling out. We got evicted from our apartment. Um, just bad blood because it was a lot of like, I was this like, Again, where I justify my other side is like I worked hard. I put myself in my career. I'm the one that like they were. They did uh, wait a table, so they always give me cash. I'd pay all the bills. I was this responsible. My mom had taught me how to balance a checkbook, how to yeah. do all those things. So I was that guy. Um, so there was just a lot of bad blood because of things that went wrong. Um, I felt at that time I did everything to keep that from happening. Um, I at that time was doing my girlfriend. First time living with a girl. First time with a girl, man, and it was. Uh, at that time, you know, loved her. She was great. I met her, you know, going out and partying. Not the best yeah. place to meet a girl. Um, yeah. Church is the best place to meet a right. girl. That's Amen. where we both met. Uh, met met uh, our amazing right. women, right? They, they, they're grounded and fantastic. Yeah, going out, working together. <laughs> two, two places oh, we God. would not suggest. Yeah. <laughs> God, I'm not going to say it's because of those reasons alone. Because right. it was right. a, mostly me. Um, yeah, man. I, so we fell. So I lived with her quickly. Uh, just cheated on her, right? It was the first girl I had, girlfriend I had in, co- in college age or outside of high school. Cheated on her almost, I would say immediately, but a lot, right? Like pornography, um, other girls, texting, and a lot of it was just 
I mean, I used, mine is attention. I'm addicted, I was addicted to attention. I love girls paying attention to me. So I didn't need the physical connection in a sense. And I think it was again, because growing up, I thought sex was bad, right? So I think there was this, this connection. I love the attention, but this isn't great, right? And I don't know why. I just know that's kind of what I was taught. And um, so even though it was still there, it was there and, and, and it was limited. It was more the attention, man. I loved it, right? Give me the attention. I would text you. I would, I would, get, I would get flirtatious. I would even get sexual, right, in those conversations. Um, but I wouldn't always just take it somewhere else, right? So um, we broke up. Um, um, we stayed in the same apartment, though, right? So we had two bedroom. I don't know why we had a two bedroom. I really don't remember why. I don't know if wow. someone was going to live with this or something at some point. We had a two bedroom, thankfully, because it worked out when we, we split up because I yeah. didn't know what to do at that point. I didn't want to. We, we actually were civil in terms of we, we don't, we don't want to stick each other with a two bedroom apartment. We, we were both young, could not afford to pay the cost to get out of it, out of our lease. So we're like, we just got to deal with it. During that time, super, I didn't know what I wanted to do, man. I had no clue. I was so lost. Um, I started, you know, me and my brother had gotten really close in high school. Um, when I was growing up, not so much. Six years apart isn't the best age to grow up with. Um, wow. You know, like he's, you know, when I'm five, he's 11, right? Yeah. When I'm and when I'm 10, he's 16. We're just in very different worlds. Yeah, that's, and uh, that's I was the, the younger brother who was, would annoy him. You know, so, but as we got older, we got very close, right? We got extremely close, right? Because the age just doesn't matter as much anymore. Now you're just dealing with a lot of the same stuff. And so I went over, I would go over to his house a lot. And I sort of go to church with him and his wife. Um, went to this church in Mansfield, Texas. And it was a small little kind of startup church. Um, and, and, you know, they probably had a couple hundred people that, that were there. And um, started growing, growing. And, you know, I was just kind of learning, right? Like, what is, what is God about? What is, you know, because a few times I went to church in high school, um, I just didn't understand. No one was there to like lead me and guide me. So when people would, you know, they would do altar calls, arrests yep. for people. Like, I just didn't know what that meant. And I was like, Did they, have these people just been going here six months? And they're like, well, I, should, I guess I should go, right? Like I've been here long enough. Like I can't, can't just keep, be coming for free and eventually I got to do something, <laughs> right? Or was it truly something they felt like? What, when did they know, right? Like I never, no one ever told me like, when did you know? That, that you felt that. So I never knew. And one night I was at a Bible study with my sister-in-law and like one of our friends from church or one of her friends, I think mainly from church. And that's, that question was in our Bible study. And it was like, how do you, um, I think we were actually going through Romans. It was like, the question was just like, how do you know when you're saved? And that was just a question for the group. And they, they looked at me and I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> like, I have no idea. What yeah. does that mean? Wow. And so they explained it, what it meant. And they were like, you know, to be saved is you like really you go to Jesus and like you're at his feet and you just accept him right like you accept him in your heart you confess with your mouth and I'm like I have no idea I have to like I have to think on that because I don't know what that means and I just really gotta you know I, now I understand a little more I went home that night to to me and my ex-girlfriend's apartment I was sleeping on a cot that was my room right? I let her have the bed um I was a nice guy at yeah. least right justified it I was the nice guy right you can have the bed because I'm the one that cheated on you um <laughs> so I took the cot and um, and I got on that cot, man, and I, I prayed what felt like three hours, but it was probably 15 minutes, and just bawling, man. I mean, just bawling. As soon as I started making that prayer, halfway through that prayer, just, dude, I just felt so overwhelmed, so overcome, and just yeah. bawling and bawling. And, and it's it's really true. It's like, it says in the Bible, right? Like, when you, when you know Jesus, it just makes sense, but when you're not a believer, it's just, you don't get it. Right. And I get it, right? Like yeah. when you when you get there, you're like, well, I get it, because it didn't make sense before, and, and then you feel it, and you're like, you truly do feel, you feel it, right? You wow. feel that connection with him, and you feel now him really starting to 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 make that change um, immediately. 
Um, and so like, man, I got on my bed and the craziest story, the craziest thing that ever happened to me, I think in, in that time was um, I got on my bed, I laid down and I was going to go to sleep and I woke up and I felt like someone was behind me. And so I went to turn to see, I thought it was my, my, my ex-girlfriend had come in my room for whatever reason. Right. And I couldn't look behind me. Like I couldn't wow. turn around. And so I'm like stiff, right? Just sleeping like this. It's a cot. You couldn't really turn a whole lot. So it's like sleeping with my hands behind my back or on my side. Um, couldn't turn my neck. So my immediate thought was just like, this doesn't, it just didn't feel good, right? Yeah. Something felt off. And so I just started screaming. Couldn't scream. It literally wow. was like someone had their hand on my mouth and their hand on my throat. Like it just muffled. And so I'm freaking out, freaking out, man. So like I had just given my life to Christ. So my thought next was like, I'm yelling for Jesus, man. So I just yeah. started yelling Jesus' name. Still couldn't get it out, but I didn't care. I just like was over and over and over and over again. And eventually after again, what felt like an eternity, but it was probably five minutes, it finally broke through and I was just yelling Jesus' name, yeah. right? Five minutes is still a long time. <laughs> it is a long time My to goodness. be in, 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 in peril fear, man. And I just finally was yelling his name, yelling his name, and I just felt like whatever was keeping me uh, completely locked down was just, it was just all gone. Um, the presence that I felt in the room was gone. And I turned around, nothing was there. I got up, door was locked. She wasn't there, no one was there. And I'm like, man, I'm so like, what is going on? Yeah. And then, you know, as I go to church, I start just kind of really understanding um, what, what, it, what it looks like from, from the enemy, from Satan, from demonic forces, and just go like, dude, that was to me some type of force going like, yeah, you might have made that prayer, but I'm still here, buddy. Right? Like, wow. not going anywhere. And in yeah. it, and it, and that, that moment, right, I'm so, I'm so young in this and just a baby, and I'm like, I'm terrified. Yeah. Right? Terrified. So moved out of my girlfriend's house. I moved with my brother. So gracious to let me stay with him because I didn't know what I was going to do. Going to church, and man, I did a 180, right? Like I went all the way to the end that I, I, I took every, every bit of porn magazine video, threw it in a trash bag, threw it away. Yeah. Uh, I stopped playing video games. I stopped watching TV. I went, I stopped listening to secular music. Like I literally wow. went to like 180. I'm going to listen to Christian music. I was listening at work. I'd listen to Bible radio shows, like sermons at yeah. night. I mean, I remember coming home and being so excited after school and going home at like, I think it was like 8 p.m. and Tony Evans, this show was on because I love Tony Evans. I Man, I still wow. love him, right? Yeah. Like, um, yeah, if you guys have listened to Tony Evans, he's amazing pastor out of Oak Cliff, Texas and just, just spits truth, right? Like he is so anointed and I, yeah. I, love, I love him. Um, but yeah, just listening to these guys and listening to Rabbi Zach Zacharias and Rick Warren, right? The Purpose Driven Life, right? Mm -hmm. I read through the book, started doing Bible studies with this guy. His name was Val. He's an older guy. He's probably about 10, 15 years older than me at work. He bought me my first Bible, right? As an adult. And, uh, you know, and, and, and I got, then I got baptized um, at this church. You know, things were, things were turning around. And then I realized, like, I got to kind of figure out, I got to live in the world a little bit, right? I can't just live in a bubble. <laughs> Right. I can't live in a Christian bubble and, and only just hang out at church and only listen to this music and, and just only just live in this bubble. I got to really like learn how to be this new creation, right? Because we're born again. How do I become this? And I, I live out here with yeah. everything that's going on. Right. And man, that was very difficult. Because again, I really not, didn't have anyone because my brother was going to church, but he wasn't like just on fire, right? Like this guy. So no one really, again, was there to like hold my hand, right? And let's be real, you're a baby. You got, you need, like, sometimes we feel like, well, I'm an adult. I don't need anyone to hold my hand. It's probably yeah. really how I felt at the time. Um, but man, you, we need it. 
We yeah. need it. And I remember, I, you know, as I was going through that, I, I, I was in this dark place, man. I didn't know what I wanted to do. I was, I was, you know, just started kind of getting depressed. I, uh, you know, was trying to live in the world, going to school, hang out with friends, do all this stuff. And just, just, I was confused and just rightfully so. I think everyone is when they get to that. Cause you have yeah. this old life you're leaving behind and you have this new life and you're trying to figure out what that looks like. So I reached out to my pastor and he didn't respond. So I reached out to him again, he didn't respond. And I reached out to him again, just very desperate. And he didn't respond. And at that point, that was my, like, I'm, I got burned by the church, right? Like, I was just like, I'm not going to church anymore. Like, what is this for? Like, yeah. the one guy I feel like that's supposed to be shepherding me and taking care of me and being there when I need him, right? Like, wow. I felt so hurt. I left the church. Um, I blamed the church. I don't think I necessarily blamed God, but I blamed the church, right? Yeah. Um, I blamed people. Um, but I also didn't see God, right? I didn't go to him. I just started kind of living my life again, doing whatever I wanted to do. Um, but there was still that something. It wasn't, you know... <laughs> God was in my heart at this point, and uh, he wasn't going to let go. Uh, one example I remember, I, I went out with some old friends um, who I used to hang out with in college. And one of my, actually my old roommate, right? We, we, my, my best friend, and we tried to reconcile. We went out with three other guys and us. We went to this bar in the stockyards and uh, walked in about midnight. You know, you know, nothing good happens at that time of night. No. And ordered a, we knew the bartender ordered a drink, and I was standing like about half a foot behind them, and just had this kind of outer outer body experience a little bit, you know, not really, because you know, but that's what it felt like in a sense. And I just was listening to them, and they were started talking about these women, and the one of them was commenting on this pretty girl, and like, yeah. not saying it in such a nice way, right? No. <laughs> I don't remember no. exactly the words, but I know it wasn't the the like she looks like a really good person, right? Like. <laughs> You know, and it wasn't, and it's, right. and I remember standing there going, what am I doing? Yeah. I don't know what, where I'm supposed to be. I don't know what I'm supposed to do, but it's not here. Mm. And so I took a step backwards. I turned around. I went to the bar, probably taking one drink of my drink. I put it down. You know, most people probably were like, I'm chugging this thing again now and I paid for this. I put it down. I'm like, nah, I said by the bartender because, you know, one of my friends and, and I left. And I didn't even tell my friends I left. Wow. You know, like I just go, I have to get out of this. I can't even tell them because I don't even want to go through them trying to talk me in this day yeah. and go. So I've just got to go. And I, te- I think I met, I think at that point, you know, I messaged him, I text him and just said, Hey, I'm, I'm going home. Um, and we really never had a friendship after that. And I don't think they felt like they might've felt spurned from it, but I don't think they cared at the end of the yeah. day. Cause they were there for, for one reason to get drunk and, or I guess two reasons to get drunk and meet women. Right. Right. And neither of those that I want to be a part of at that moment in my life. Right. Um, you know, I, I, you know, I met a girl a couple about probably about six months later when I was still living with my brother, we hit it off, man. I had a great relationship probably within two, three months. It was a very fast moving relationship. Mm-hmm. Two or three months we moved in with each other. Um, and you know, probably about six months we started talking about getting married. Um, wow. and uh, you know, none, you know, the whole time my whole life hadn't changed. Right. Like in terms of I went back to, you know, I was still flirting with girls. I was still communicating, you know, sexually, you know, having these conversations with them. Um, she found out, uh, did rightfully, she freaked out, um, yeah. you know, immediately, you know, broke up with me threw some of my clothes in the lawn. She was a Latina girl and feisty. Ooh. And, you know, so it was, it, that, you know, that was over. We, we had some conversation between we, we talked about reconciliation, but I think we got to a place of peace right with each mm. other. Um, I had forg- you know, I had not forgave her. She forgave me. Uh, <laughs> she forgave me, um, and 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 we had this. this the, we got to a place of where we 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 we'd see each other out, or we'd see each other places, and we we felt good. And we still would would talk a little bit, um, but nothing past that. Um, and I had a fork in the road, man. It was yeah. it was it was 
I knew I, I can go back to this, but I still feel burned by this in a sense, or I could just go do whatever I want to do. And that was so easy to me. Yeah. Like, that was so comfortable. Just to keep on doing what you My were. best friend at that time, we started going out. Now I had money, right? Because I was, again, I told you I focused on my career, right? <laughs> I did. Career was the one thing I would never, ever sacrifice in yeah. that moment. It was my thing I hung my hat on mm-hmm. um, through all that. So like girls can break up with me, I could hurt them. And even though I had remorse and felt bad, like I would continue to do it. My career is like, I'm successful here. As long as I could say that, like I always had something to go like, okay, I'm, I'm at least I'm successful in this, right? I'm not right. just a total screw up. So like I had money, so now we're going out bottle service, tables, not good because you know, women want to be a part of that. Not, again, women that you should probably be, yeah. <laughs> you know, taking home to never, mom, right? Like, I never did that because... Just I, kept, yeah. So, I mean, I just, just kept going, <laughs> just kept going. And, 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 you know, just going back and forth. And that just, you know, probably, that was late 2000s. And, you know, that didn't go well, right? Mm-hmm. Like, just dug deeper, dug deeper. Um, chose the wrong fork in the road. And um, I ended up moving to Colorado in 2010. And my mind was, and we'll talk about this more because it's important to me, man, is we as, as men, and I think just as people, um, look at, we try to change our, our behavior and our life out of circumstance. Mm. We say, if I take myself out of this circumstance, this relationship, this place, this job, and I move it here, yeah. I'll change. Right. Right? And it's like, no, that's not how it works. Right? right? You don't just change your circumstance and all magically your, your behavior is going to be different. Right? So that's just what I thought. I went to Colorado, didn't know anybody, fresh start. Um, I got to transfer with work, so I was still making good money. Um, started going to church. I made that decision, like, I don't know anybody. Started going to church. I'm going to meet people. I'm going to give it a shot. It was, it was an amazing church, right? Pastor was amazing. He, he had lunch with me immediately, um, got to get to know me. I started volunteering for kids ministry. Um, and then I just never connected with anybody, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I'd, I'd go to these groups and I'd talk to people, but it was no community. It was very clicky. It wow. was very, it just felt like high school, right? Yeah. Kind of what it felt like. Uh, the pastor was amazing. I just, yeah, I don't, and probably my, my, my fault for not, you know, apprising with that. I don't think he really knew what it was like. And maybe he did. I don't know. I'm assuming a lot. Um, but so I kind of, I kind of just started doing my own thing again. I met some friends that lived downtown. I lived downtown. We'd go yeah. out and party, not as frequently as I did before, but we'd go hang out a lot. Uh, we do a lot of brunches and just, you know, drink and, and just, again, get drunk and just have fun and just do shenanigans, right? Like just do guy stuff. Yeah. And, you know, again, that leads to, to, you know, again, when you, I'm, especially when you're poor, poor, you know, not and have, you don't have that sober judgment, right? Yeah. Like, man, just texting people and, 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 and all kinds of stuff, making promises to people that I couldn't commit. At that point in my life, I lived in a 22nd floor condo in downtown. Um, I drove, you know, a Jeep SRT8. I had a great job. And a lot of people from the outside in would be like, this dude has, has got a good life. Yeah. I mean, people have told me that. They yeah. told me that in that moment. And I'm looking at him going like, I'm so lonely. Mm. Dude, wow. I'm so empty. I'm so empty. None of this is none of this has filled anything. Like I still have this gigantic hole in my life. Yeah. And I don't know why. And um so I didn't really date anybody. I moved back. I got in a relationship um when I moved back from Colorado. So this is like 2014 now. Um I you know, came back, I was traveling a lot. Um, I, I wasn't going to church at that point. Like I never really committed to church after I got burned that first time. Never really fully committed, never yeah. dove in, uh, tip my dope, t- uh, tip my toe in the water a little bit. Right. Right. But that's about it. Um, I got in this relationship. We met online. Um, she had a, a son who was about three and you know, we just, 
again, connected, right? Like, and it had been now several years, probably, you know, six, seven years since that, that, that other, I've never, had, I never really had a girlfriend during that time. And, um, man, we just hit it off. And again, move quickly, you yeah. know, probably within six months of, of, of us meeting overall, like, um, we moved in together. Um, I became wow. dad in a sense, cause his dad really wasn't there. Um, yeah. and man, I loved it. Like that was, I, I taught him how to read. I taught him how wow. to tie a shoe, right? I taught him like how to throw a ball. I taught him like these things like you want to do with a son, right? Like, yeah, those are big. and he was also like me. He loved like theater type stuff and he loved just being goofy. And he was just always that like, kind of class clown a little bit. And so I was like, oh, this kid's very similar to me. And he's not even mine. I loved it. Like I just <laughs> had this instant connection, but also like I've always had this heart for kids. So I like, I would go out of my way for him. Yeah. Um, and you know, going through our, our relationship, eventually I left, I left my job and we started a business together. Right. So I was committed. I was all in. We got engaged, right. I proposed to her. I'm all in. Um, and then I continued to do the same stuff, man. Texting yeah. girls, yeah. um, being sexual with them, flirting with them. Um, never physically cheated on her, but I cheated on her, right? Like, right. And again, in the moment, I'm like, yeah, but I'm not doing anything. Right. Right. Like, it's, it's just words, right? Like, I didn't physically go and hook up with anybody, right? Um, and she's like, it doesn't matter, right? And I, and I totally agree with her now. Yeah. Right? In that moment, though, I still, even when I'm like, you know, spilling my truth and, and, and asking for forgiveness, I still in my head go like, yeah, but it's really not that bad. <laughs> you know, like I really just never really felt like it was in that moment. Yeah. It was never bad enough to look in the mirror and go like, you gotta fix it. You gotta do something <laughs> different. Just never got bad enough, right? Yeah. So she, but she didn't leave me, right? Like she didn't do what every other girl in my life had ever done and turned tail. She said, you know, if I leave you and you make changes and you become a better person or fix this issue um, and then go meet someone else, like, then what's all that for me? I still, I still love you, right? I still want to be right. with you. So like, I'm going to walk with you through this. So have someone look me in the face and say that. No one's ever done that before. Right. Um, that I was aware of at that time. <laughs> <laughs> like, clearly Jesus did that yeah. uh, for, for, for us all, and, right. you know, in that way. But like, as a human, like, no one's ever looked at, square at my darkness yeah. and knew all of my darkness and, and, and sin and goes like, I want to I walk this with you. I wow. was like, wow, that's, that's amazing, right? So I white-knuckled it. <laughs> white-knuckled it as hard as I could. Eventually, when you're white-knuckling something, you just, you let it go. Yeah. Right, like you can't keep holding on to something. Eventually, your hand will go numb, and you just let it go, even if you don't want to. Um, you let go of it, and so I did. And eventually, you know, relapsed in that, and again was texting girls and responding. And again, for me, I didn't go seek that. Right. You know, like I didn't. I don't know, but for me, I didn't go seek that. But I, I, I loved the attention when I got it. Yeah. Right. I didn't shy away from it. I wouldn't be like, hey, this is wrong. I'm in a relationship, or I'm engaged, or this or that. Um, I just responded, right? And I responded in words because in my head, I kept justifying it's not that bad. Yeah. I have no intention of meeting this person. I have no intention to, you know, them coming over here and defiling my house, right? Like, <laughs> you know, again, my line was there and I held that line, but that line was, it was, it was terrible, yeah. right? Um, fast forward to, to 2017 and she, she comes home. She's, I got to talk. We need, we need to talk. She said, I can't do this. Um, calling off the engagement, um, and she had met this guy, um, and she, I don't, she didn't cheat on me, and to all my knowledge, and I believe her when she says that, um, that she didn't, but she had met this guy who had gone through this dark time, had found Christ, 
and in her mind, her view of Christians were always got people who went got got drunk and went out and did whatever they wanted to, did drugs, and then went to church and said, "Hey, forgive me, I'm good." And uh, so her view of that was like, "Oh, you just need God as a crutch, yeah. right? Like you just need God as a crutch to be good because you can't be on your own." And like you know. That, if that's religion, if that's Christianity, I don't want any part of it. Right. Um, and then she also grew up Mormon, and she knew that wasn't the, the way, right? Uh, the way she grew up, because again, she grew up with a stepdad who would, who would you know, preach all the Mormon values and then turn around and like get drunk and cheat on her mom and like beat them and just not be a good person, right? Wow. So she's like, that's not right. Like this right. person has no, no moral compass in, in terms of that. So like if that's not gonna, God's not gonna give you that, what am I gonna get out of it? Mm-hmm. And so with this guy, it kind of opened her mind because like, well, this guy went to jail, right? Like for, for, for crime, like for felonies. And then he's now just happy and joyful. Wow. Um, and so she, she wanted to see what that was about. And it turns out like he, he wasn't <laughs> so happy and joyful and he still had a lot of this darkness uh, that he hadn't, he hadn't um, got rid of um, and just really, and, and, and let that go. But she's like, I'm gonna go on this spiritual, spiritual journey and I just really need to figure out what what's what I what's what this is about? Yeah. And so I sat there going like, I know God, or I thought I did. Yeah. And I'm like, and my fiance has to go on a spiritual journey <laughs> to figure out who he is, because I did an awful job of teaching her or showing her who he was. Not only by my actions, but by my words, um, just by everything, everybody, everything I was. And I took a good look in the mirror and I go, you're the problem. Yeah. Like you made these choices, like you've got to figure it out. And then again, now I'm at a place where like fork in the road. So fork in the road, I go, you know, like she's in here starting to listen to Christian music and I see her like reading the Bible and I go, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta go to God. I have to, I have to figure something different. out. I have to do something different. And I didn't know what that looked like. And it was again, maybe at that time it was just, it was just grasping for a straw right and so i did i started meditating i started praying led me to city life um i was going to a bunch of churches i didn't know plan on coming back to city life and it was i liked it yeah i like city life but I just you know, i'm just gonna keep going i don't i guess i was looking for a sign right like yeah. we always say i was looking for a sign. i was praying so i started praying and god's like yeah you need to go back i just really felt it in my heart to go back and yeah. i went back it was connect group sunday so there were all the new groups for for the fall semester coming out i joined a, a sports group where we played flat or uh, played uh, ultimate frisbee and soccer and that's where i met a lot of my friends that i'm still really good friends with now which yeah. just in this social environment i went to a men's group um, got a part of that i dove in started serving i had lunch with the pastors Every single pastor in one week I had lunch yeah. or coffee with, which was so easy to do. I reached yeah. out to all of them and they were immediately like, hey, what are you doing tomorrow? Yeah. And I'm like, okay, let's go. And I was, you know, we had our business, right? So it was like, I had the time. I didn't have it like an eight to five. So went into that full force and, uh, and man, it's, it, it hasn't been easy every day, but it's been like grow after growth after growth, month after month, after month man. And yeah. um, God's taken me to, to unbelievable places. I haven't looked back. Um, I, I, I still struggle with some of that, that lust and some of that attention. Um, it was something even, and we'll talk about it more even into my marriage that yeah. I struggled with. Um, and man, when the first time I ever went to my wife and I was boldly honest with her, never in any relationship, I got caught and then I was honest. That's not honesty, right? right? Like that's just telling you what you already found. For the first time in my life, I got to look, look my wife in the eye and say, I have something to tell you that you don't know about. And so that was this this freeing thing of like didn't make I'm not a good person because of that because I still hurt her, yeah. um, but like 
I had to come to her uh, and, and tell her something. And uh, she had so much grace for me. And it was so, you know, and, and ultimately God led me to freedom. Yeah. And, and some of these things that I've struggled with for, like you said, like 20, 25 years, 24 years of just, just struggle, literally white knuckling and, and not helping it. But I led me to city life. Some of the most amazing friends I've met um, there uh, met you. Obviously, we yeah. talked about. Yeah. I met my wife there almost yeah. a year. We were today is eleven months, man. Eleven wow. months of being married, and that's a whole other story we'll talk about. Because our that's big, man. our our relationship has been a God thing from the beginning, right? Yeah. It's not a typical meet girl, fall in love, get married. Right? Like it wasn't yeah. this typical happy <laughs> story from the beginning. It's a lot of interesting stuff in there, and. You know, now we're here getting to do this, and and man, I'm so excited. Yeah, me too, man. I'm so excited. Yeah, I mean, a, a, a huge part of this, and, and thank you, man, for for sharing that. Yeah. I, I I love hearing you you talk about your story, because it 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 makes me feel like there's there's like that connection between the two of us, like like we we are very similar in different ways. Right. Um, but it also shows me that hey, man, I got this best friend who who compliments me in other ways right it is going to call me on my bs i know that for sure i'm going to do the same thing right yeah um and, I, and i'm super glad that, that like we are going into this place where we're where we're wanting to to really shed light on some of the some of the lies mm-hmm. that 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 men have been hearing over over years and years and generations and generations of of what it means to be a man Right. And, and I know we talked about that earlier, um, but, you know, I, I grew up with a with a great dad, a great Christian dad that that was a great example to me. Um, and but he still he still said things that that really instilled a lot of a lot of things in, 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 in me of like what it means to be a man. Right. Like yeah. it, it, when when I played baseball, and baseball is something that we both really connected over. Whenever I, I played baseball and I got hit by a pitch or, you know, something like that, it's it was either don't rub it or <laughs> or uh, rub some dirt on it, you know? Like, if you're going to rub it, rub some dirt on Have it. Have dirt on it. Right. And, and uh, you, you know, that's, that's just kind of like father-son banter kind of deal. But it still, it still brings a little bit of a message of, like, Look, boys don't cry, right? Men, men don't cry. Um, men aren't emotional. You know, the only emotion that a man should have is anger, right? And, and, and really, we've talked about this before of like, if, if, you're, if you're asking a man, like, what kind of emotions do you feel on a weekly, daily basis? There's, there's really like three of them, right? And it's like anger, hungry, or horny, right? And, and it's like, man, that's not, that's not emotions, right? Those, that you're not you're not digging down to to what it really is yeah. to be a human. Yeah, you know, so it's these expectations by so many different things, right? Whether it be social media, our family, our friends, school, um, you know, friend, you know, I already said friends. Every everybody, <laughs> right? Uh, you know, just from all all angles that we we get these expectations placed on us, right? These expectations of how we should feel, what we're supposed to do, how we're we supposed to react, 
And man, it's just weight. It's a weighty responsibility, right? Yeah. And I think I think we do have a weighty responsibility, but I think it's in a different way, right? And I think Jesus showed us what that looks like, right? Like. Right. Um, one, he also took time, right? A third of his life he spent with the Father, right? He spent in in solitude, in positive solitude, right? So yeah. when we think of isolation and solitude, we think of it in a negative way because our minds start wandering. It mm. usually leads to things we, we don't need to be doing in a lot of ways. And um, But man, I think being able to have that connection and that rest, that understanding yeah. and that reflection, um, man, the expectations that we get, that we put even on ourselves, right? right? That no one else is putting on us, right? We put those expectations like no one expects that from you, right? Right? Like no one expects you to be this person, right? Kind of right. like you growing up. Maybe there wasn't really this people expected, but you maybe put it on yourself. Who yeah. knows, right? Like Probably. we do that a lot as as men, and and you know I read that I, I listened to this podcast and it talked about uh, it talked really about you know men and women, but it talked about we get scripts handed to us as as uh, as yet little boys, mm. right? Boys are supposed to play with cars. Boys are supposed to play with G.I. Joes. Boys are supposed to like fishing, hunting, camping. Boys are supposed to like cars. Boys are supposed to like sports, right? Boys are supposed to like this. Girls are supposed to like this. You know, boys and girls. We talk about when we see like a three-year-old boy and a girl, we're like, oh, look, oh, their boyfriend and girlfriend. We start sexualizing and and kind of putting them together. We have these scripts for people and um, we do it unintentionally. I don't think anyone's like intentionally and, 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 and villainly like, yeah. trying to lead people down a path, it's just normal. We've just been around our whole life and we, we, we regurgitate those things. And so I think these expectations, we have to start breaking off and, and you know, that's going to be a lot of what we talk about, right? right. Like, um, you know, going through and I'm excited to yeah. talk about it, right? Too, because man. we both still struggle with a lot of stuff yeah. and, it, and we're not perfect. And we, I mean, clearly we're not perfect. <laughs> Um, we're, we're still not, not perfect. We're not. We're not qualified to to sit there and and and, and lead guys and show them, you know, how to be godly men um, from yeah. Jesus standard. And that's why Jesus is the standard, not us, right? Like, right. Not even not even guys in the in the Bible, right? Yeah. Like Paul isn't even the standard to try to live up to, and and Paul is, you know, he he wrote the majority of the of the New Testament, yeah. right? And it was all God God ordained and 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 God breathed, right? Like. Those words in the Bible are straight from God, right? Yeah. But Paul himself is not the standard to live up to. You know, Moses is not the standard to live up to. Uh, David is not the standard to live up yeah. to. You know, those guys were human and they had a lot of defects like we do, yeah. right? Um, but the the one true, the only man that walked this earth perfect and, and should be the standard that we that we fashion our lives to, to, to be like is Christ, and and I'm super excited about about talking uh, talking through some issues that guys deal with on a regular basis, and and really diving into okay, what does Jesus say about this? How did Jesus respond to these different things? Because whether whether you have read it or not, like Jesus experienced everything that we still experience to this day. He just went about it in a perfect way, yeah. right? And we should be trying to focus on doing that. So that's what I'm, I'm really excited about, like having this open dialogue, being able to, to even, even hear from, from y'all uh, of if you got questions, if you have um, anything, any sort of comments of, of different topics or whatever yeah. to, to talk about, like send them our ways because we want to have that dialogue. So. Like what, we want to know what, I mean, I think, we know, we think we know a lot of what guys struggle with, but there's things that, 
I don't struggle with it. There's guys out there that do, yeah. right? There's things that um, that they deal with. And man, the first and foremost, we got to get over as, as men. It's like, we got to get over that that barrier of, of that uncomfortableness and that vulnerability of, of just saying like, man, yeah, I struggle with this. Because yeah. I promise you someone else does too. I promise you there's a lot of people that struggle with these things. Uh, we don't talk about it enough, right? Yeah. I think I think in, in society, I think in the church a lot, we don't talk about it because then we think, well, now I'm in church and I, I'm, like you said, we put on masks. We still do it, yeah. right? Like I think there's a lot of people in the church that still put on masks and we have to be able to talk about it to go like, wow, I didn't realize you struggle with that too. I see you on prayer team and you still struggle with something. Yeah. Like you still struggle with anger sometimes. <laughs> Yeah, I get frustrated, right? Like, yeah. and it's just like, it's not meaning they're a terrible person. It's just meaning like, it's something that's there, whether it's like, I give into it or not. It doesn't, like, when we say struggle, we don't mean we constantly give into these things. It's just right. still there. It's yeah. still, it's still something. And we have to make that choice every day to say, am I going to, to, to follow that? Am I going to listen to that? Or am I going to go and bring that to God, right? And have that conversation. So yeah, whatever you guys, I mean, some of the things I know we'll talk about pride is, Yes. Uno, numero, probably multiple times, right? Yes. We'll bring up pride, relationships, responsibility, busyness, um, emotional intent, loneliness. Man, yeah. it is an epidemic in men yeah. how lonely they are. I've seen, I've read so many things, so many articles and, and studies on, especially men as they get older, um, how lonely they are, yeah. right? And, and, and like you can see it in the numbers of, of, um, of, of suicides each year, and especially in men, they just continue to climb and they're already extremely high. And it's just this scary thing that we have to have the vulnerability to say, like, I'm lonely. We got to figure out a way to be able to talk to each other because we're all we all experience it. So, man, I'm so excited. And that's what this is. It's just a it's a it's a avenue to be able to talk about. Yeah. So, yeah, man, I'm I'm so thankful that you're here. I'm I'm thankful that we we're going to be doing this. And I'm I'm thankful to you guys watching, listening. Um, Please, like we said, interact with us. Um, in in whatever way possible, so that we can get uh, some of those things out there and 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 really shed light on the on the things that most men are keeping dark. Um, because once we shine light on it, uh, then it doesn't have the power over us anymore. So, so good, man. Yeah, so good. I'm so excited. If you guys ever need a prayer for anything, same thing. Comment, message us, um, email us for prayer. Um, and, and not even kidding. This isn't a like, hey, we'll pray for you. And, and then we just go about our business. Like seriously, uh, it's something that's important to my heart. I know both of ours. And uh, you know, if you ever have that, um, definitely reach out uh, to do that. But other than that, man, I hope you guys enjoyed. Yeah. Let us know uh, anything you want to talk about. And, and again, if we mess anything up, um, <laughs> grammatically, theologically, if there's something that you're like, hey, I don't know if that's right, man, call us on it. Yeah. I have pretty thick skin. I think you do too. I definitely do. Uh, so, I mean, call us on it because we're not perfect. We've said it, we're going to say it a million times. We're not, and we're okay. We're, we want to take it. It's like, you know, Pastor Tim brought up today about Apollos getting correction and, yeah. and be like, yeah, I think correction's huge. I think yes. we need to be open to that. So we're not so prideful that we won't listen to certain things right. um, on that. So just so thankful for you guys, praying that, that you guys are well, this finds you well whenever you listen to this, watch this. Uh, and looking forward to to next time. Yeah. Thanks, guys.